Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Do you ever find yourself, like, pinching yourself to see if you're living in a dream? Perhaps the narrative of the collective has gone so far left or right or up or down or whatever, and you're going, what is this, what is even going on? What I really like about tonight's topic is the the value of dreams, the power of dreams, the information of dreams. Our topic tonight is the art of transforming nightmares, and our guest is Dr. Claire Johnson. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But as we've said so many times on this show, the truth of us, the soul of us, the big idea of us, our higher self, if you will, is a nonlinear persona. It's not linear. And our egos live in this linear 3D matrix sort of thing. And so what I like about tonight's topic is I think our dreams, lucid and otherwise, are a modality of communication, a method, if you will, because our egos are talking now, our egos are listening now, But we also have souls involved in this moment. So dreams, the abstractness of dreaming and lucid dreaming is a realm of ourself, is a realm of our persona that we don't always give attention to. So I'm really glad to have Claire on tonight as our guest. The topic, again, is The Art of Transforming Nightmares, and the tagline of the book is Harness the creative and healing power of bad dreams, sleep paralysis, and reoccurring nightmares. Claire has had so much experience with this. Um, she's she's a leading expert in the field, and that's what's going to make tonight's conversation so interesting. It's really a, a wonderful book. The book includes unique quizzes that identifies your personal sleep dreamer type and reveals the techniques that would work best for you. Dr. Claire Johnson, Ph.D., is the director of the board and past president of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. A lucid dreamer since the age of three, she later became the first person in the world to write a PhD on lucid dreaming as a creative tool. As a creative tool. And I, I think a lot of the times we get stuck because our ego, a 3D ego, can't really do justice to the creative tool of the lucid side of ourselves. So, She's an international speaker and teacher. Claire also shares her transformative lucid dreaming techniques on ocean retreats. She's the author of seven books, including The Art of Lucid Dreaming. And you can learn more about Claire at deeplucidreaming.com. Join me in welcoming Claire to the show. 
Welcome to the show, Claire. Thanks, Les. I'm really happy to be here. Wonderful. First of all, wonderful book. I love it. The Art of Transforming Nightmares. And the tagline, Harness the Creative and Healing Power. The Creative and Healing Power of Bad Dreams, Sleep Paralysis, and Reoccurring Nightmares. Why don't we just start off with the notion of creative and healing power behind something so many of us see as a a negative attribute of our lives, bad dreams, nightmares, etc. Yeah, sure. Great question. Well, you see, the thing is, um, many, many people contact me saying that they have nightmares and their biggest question is, how can I make them stop? And uh, I always think, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> if only they knew a bit more about nightmares, then their question would be, how can I unwrap this nightmare for creativity, healing, spiritual potential? Um, but you see, a lot of people, obviously, they wake up from the experience feeling terrified. So they don't want to have these nightmares in their lives. They can, you know, most of the time we feel like nightmares have not come to help us. But in fact, my view really is that all dreams, including nightmares, come to help us and um, to heal us on every level. Nightmares have incredible transformative energy. And so we really can work with a nightmare to access deep healing and other gifts such as wisdom, creativity, and all of that. And, uh, you know, it's very empowering to do this kind of nightmare work. It's interesting to look at who we are when we dream, you know, ask yourself, um, am I an empowered dreamer? Am I highly aware in my dreams? Do I have meaningful conversations and encounters in the dream state? Or am I a vulnerable dreamer? Do I get chased and attacked? Do I hide? Do I shake with fear? You know, and even if it's the latter, the really important thing to know is that whoever you may be when you dream, you can change the way that you respond and react to your dreams, and you can you can empower your dreaming self. So that's that's the kind of the thing to know in order to access this incredible creative and healing energy of the nightmare. Uh, we need to know, okay, we can change things, and that in itself is empowering. Just knowing that we have choices. Well, I like that. Now the 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 notion of the the gift behind it, the healing behind it, um, uh, nightmares and whatnot can be such an in, intense experience where it's where it's yeah. a highly charged, high energy kind of a event. What does I mean? If you were to describe the wake, the aftermath of of receiving the gift of the of the habitual nightmare or whatnot and you've healed it and you've released it and you're free of it Mm -hmm. what how would you describe the gift and the healing i mean what how would you give examples right examples of that yeah sure absolutely um so i i mean i lead workshops we do a lot of uh work with what i call lucid dream play and uh, this is like a waking version of lucid dreaming where we can um, mentally re-enter the dream engage with it again and respond in different ways to that dream to unpack its healing gifts 
And we can also go right back into a dream after we've had a nightmare. We can go back into it and lucidly engage with it in the dream state too. An example of this would be um, one woman, she dreamed that she was in a, a car park and there was a really scary man who came towards her. She was terrified and he reached out his hands to strangle her. And that was when she woke up at the moment of greatest fear. And um, she was an experienced lucid dreamer. So she decided to go back into that nightmare. And before she went back into the nightmare, she built up um, like an egg of white light protection around her. And into that egg of white light, she brought her animal guides, her plant guides, anyone or anything that she felt would make her feel stronger. And then she went back, she actually fell asleep, uh, but stayed lucid and found herself in that parking lot again. Only this time, she was strong. She was empowered. She had her protective shield of light around her. And she saw the horrible man again. And her first instinct was, right, I'm going to blast him. You know, I'm going to get him out of the way. And then she thought, no, no, actually, I'm going to try working with love and light. And so she sent him a beam of light and she said to him, you can step into my circle of protection as long as you are full of heart and full of love. And in fact, he then completely dissolved into light. And she woke up from that dream feeling completely transformed because she had empowered herself to face this fearful vision, she had shown herself to be stronger than that. And she was also really happy that she'd been able to take the path of love and light. <laughs> um, and, and so that's the kind of thing that can happen. It really makes a difference to how we feel when we wake up. And then we find that it ha makes a difference to what happens in our waking life. We learn new ways of reacting to stressful or aggressive situations in waking life. And furthermore, it improves our dream life. Because once we've started this pathway of empowerment, um, of self-protection, of love, of light, transformation, that is reflected in all of our dreams. So our entire waking and sleeping life really starts to improve once we start this healing work. That's just one example I can give, um, I can give some more, uh, or you can ask another question, up to you. <laughs> Well, while we're on examples, how about one more? Yeah, sure. So um, I would say as well that um, to go on a different track with this, sometimes nightmares come to show us how we really feel about a life situation, and that in itself can, can be illuminating, an illuminating gift. And one woman came to a workshop of mine, and we started doing dream work. And she said, oh, well, no, I, I don't really remember any dreams at all. And I said, well, even, even a dream from your childhood or it could be a nightmare. She said, oh, actually, six months ago, I had one horrible nightmare. And since then, I've blocked my dreams, don't remember anymore. And I said, oh, well, what was the nightmare? And she said, oh, I dreamed that I saw my two grown-up daughters lying dead in coffins. And she said, I was so horrified and upset by that dream because when I woke up I thought what if it's true you know what if it's predicting the death of my children and uh, she said I don't know what I can do with a dream like that you know I barely even want to think about it and I said oh can I just ask you one question and she said yeah sure and I said 
what was happening in your life at the time when you had that dream? And she said, oh, let me think. She said, um, oh, my second daughter, my youngest daughter, had just left the family home. She just moved out. So that meant that, you know, I was on my own in the house. And then as soon as she said that, she realized the significance, the meaning of the dream. It was that um, she was feeling completely bereaved by the loss of her daughters from the family home. Uh, so the dream was just symbolic, symbolically showing that they were dead, this huge change had happened. But in fact, it was an empty nest dream. And so the dream showed her that although she had thought she was fine with her babies growing up and flying the nest, in fact, she was suffering from this deep grief that she had not yet acknowledged. Um, and that gave her the opportunity to acknowledge her grief and also take practical steps to figure out, well, who am I now? My children have flown the nest, you know. What will I do now with my life? And also to arrange another meeting with her daughters so that they could all get together a bit more often. So a nightmare will sometimes come like that. Just I, I often think of them as being a bit like volcanoes, you know. If you imagine this, um, all these emotions that we suppress because we think you know it's not really okay to feel that uh, we insist I'm fine I'm fine in our lives and we ignore everything that's going on beneath the surface but it will build up and up and up and then like a volcano one day it explodes uh, and that's when we have the nightmare so a nightmare can be seen as a kind of a red flag it's saying to us hey there's something here that you need to confront there's an issue here Take a look, take a look. And if we don't listen to the nightmare, then either, like the woman in the example I just gave, either we shut down from our dreams, which is you know, it's a sad thing, I think, yeah. or um, if we don't do that, if we don't sort of shut down from our dreams, then the nightmare will keep trying to come back, but in different forms. So we end up with recurring nightmares uh, and we feel attacked by our dreams and nightmares and we don't understand why. And the reason is simply because we haven't actually taken the time, the courage and the energy to unwrap the meaning of what that nightmare is trying to tell us. Beautiful. I like that. So... It seems like nightmares are showing us that we haven't processed all of our life, so to speak. We're we're yeah. we're creating a disconnect from our feelings. We've talked about emotions so much on this show. The mm. the emotions you avoid build up energy in your psyche. Yeah. So so in in that example, um, the woman was having feelings of her children moving out of the house. Um, what 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 I'm looking for is is to have kind of a uh, an understanding of why nightmares even show up. Now you've given an example of a woman um, not fully um, experiencing the feelings of her children moving out, and and the immense fear of the imagery of her children in coffins, and then mm -hmm. and then maybe on the extreme side. Um, my dad was a World War II vet, and I didn't know him before the war, and I mm. see pictures of him as a child, and he's the most innocent, loving goofball. I Aww. mean, he's, he's such a young kid, and then mm. after the war, he had such dr drudgery on his face. He had oh. such heartache, and, yeah. and what I'm getting at here is PTSD, 
when yeah. when we as cultures march our children into horrific horrific events it's yeah. it's kind of easy to see how the notion of a nightmare can show up can you give us like a a, a non-obvious example i know you just shared the woman and her children mm-hmm. but 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 how nightmares show up and we're not aware of it and and then the, the the darker side of of the more horrific like a PTSD posturing um what what brings yeah. nightmares into our life experience yeah so um there are many reasons for nightmares uh, studies have shown that we're much more likely to have nightmares when we're in situations of stress um, and also when our anxiety levels rise, uh, because the, the, dream, the dreaming mind is trying to process all of the stress and anxiety that we're experiencing during the day. Um, but with, with the situation of um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I'm really sorry to hear that about your dad as well, and I, I, I know many people have suffered awfully from what they've experienced uh, in war zones and other um, awful situations, traumatic situations. Um, so in those cases of post-traumatic stress disorder, what we'll find with veterans uh, is that very often they will experience repetitive nightmares. Uh, and what happens in those nightmares is often an exact replica of you know what happened to, to traumatize them. But you can also have metaphorical elements mixed in, so it may not be exactly to the image, to the letter, what happened to them, but it will represent the feelings that they had um, during that trauma. And there have been some amazing treatments developed to help people with post-traumatic stress disorder. And one of them is called imagery rehearsal therapy. This was developed by Dr. Barry Krakow, um, and he, he, invent, he invented this technique, which sounds so simple, but it's really, really effective for many people. All that you do is you write down a different ending to your traumatic nightmare. So during the day, you're awake, you think about the nightmare story, think of it as a kind of um, a movie or a, a book plot, and, and you change the ending or you change something about it in any way you like. It doesn't have to turn into a fabulous, happy ending. You can just change one or two things, you know, to make sure you have a sense of agency within that repeating nightmare. You write this down um, and then you take about 15 minutes every day just to read through that changed nightmare to imprint it on your brain. And in fact, very often, this results in the nightmares themselves then actually changing to take on this different story. So it's not a wake up screaming, sweating type of nightmare that you've taken is almost like I think of a train tracks, you know, when you can switch the direction of the train by switching the points. And that's what we do by rewriting the nightmare story. So that's one treatment, which, as I say, sounds very simple, almost like a, a child's um, exercise, but that can be really effective. And of course, another one is lucid dreaming. So when we know that we're dreaming, uh, we can then guide and shape events within the dream itself. And there's one example of uh, a Vietnam vet who had the traumatic experience of his buddy dying in his arms on, on, on the battlefield. And he had repeating nightmares for 
for I think decades and he finally met a therapist who told him about lucid dreaming he said well look it's a repeating nightmare say to yourself the next time I have that nightmare of my body dying in my arms I am going to recognize that I am dreaming and so this is what the, the, the guy managed to do. He had that dream again, but, um, and his, his body was lying in his arms, uh, apparently dead. But this time in, in this lucid dream, things spontaneously changed. He looked down at his body and he saw that he wasn't dead. And the body, he helped the body get up and he said to him, the war's over. Come on, we're going home. And they walked off the field together. And he woke up feeling complete resolution and those recurring nightmares did not come back again. So in one really short moment of lucidity within the dream, changing that dream story, he rewrote the path of those nightmares. They didn't need to come back again. He had achieved some sort of resolution. So this is the really wonderful, powerful thing about nightmare work is that we really can change things. We can empower ourselves. We can achieve resolution, deep healing, uh, and, and move into a happier life. You know, we really can. Um, it could be so transformative. It really can change our lives. And I have seen this countless times uh, with the people that I work with myself, uh, as well as all the studies that have been done um, on lucid dreaming as a treatment for recurring nightmares um, and, and other kind of nightmare techniques and treatments for PTSD sufferers. I like that. Well, now I'm, I'm just going to take a, another look at the mechanism or the or perhaps the purpose of a nightmare of a nightmare mm -hmm. now now the woman who had a dream of her children in coffins because they had moved out of the house um i'm thinking that dream was calling to her to come to terms with her feelings about what was happening in her life and then the vietnam vet who's watching his buddy die in his hands he might not be able to wrap a meaning around that in mm -hmm. the context of of the of the war zone. Um, so I, I guess I'm saying sometimes dreams are asking us to kind of face something we're avoiding, and maybe sometimes dreams are for uh, nightmares. I'm sorry, nightmares are intending for us to. Um, let go of something we had no control over, like a buddy dying. Yeah, yeah exactly. They help us uh, to acknowledge our feelings uh, of, of loss, for example, uh, and they, they help us to get out of this kind of rut that we fall into. We all fall into ruts very often in life through habitual behaviors, habitual responses, and also by holding on to past emotions, past traumas, past memories, and as you just said, things that, you know, we have no control over, and yet they eat away at us and often manifest in physical illness or in recurring nightmares. So it's really uh, in, our, in our best interests to, to just face them and work with them, obviously in a safe environment. If, you're, if anyone listening 
suffers from severe recurring nightmares, then please do go to a therapist to get help, someone who's, uh, who's well-versed in, in dream therapy, um, because you don't have to face them alone. But for people just, you know, with regular kind of nightmares, not too severe or extreme, but still they don't want to have them anymore or they're willing to find out more about them, you can also do nightmare on your nightmare work on your own if it feels safe for you. So yeah, we fall into these ruts of behavior um, and we get stuck at moments in our past and they just keep repeating on a loop, like a never ending loop. And that's what happens with these recurring nightmares. And when we manage to break the loop by you know, allowing something else to happen or changing our response to the nightmare situation or understanding the message of the nightmare, then we free up all that energy that we've been using to, to kind of feed that past memory or, or to feed those past emotions, we release it. And that helps us become lighter, freer, happier people. Nice. Well, now, um, do uh, to look at the mechanics, to, to step out of, of the human experience of it and just observe the mechanics of a nightmare showing up is that I mean it it, um, it seems like our our persona our our psyche wants to integrate things that we come across and nightmares are signaling to us that there's something we haven't totally integrated does yeah. our does our soul bring the nightmare into our experience or is it more of a mechanical aspect of being human Oh, well, that's a good question, you know, and I think it, it works on so many levels, Les, you know, I mean, uh, so on the one hand, you could look at um, what's going on in the brain when we sleep. So um, we have these fight or flight reactions that occur in the ancient part of our brain, the amygdala. It's also known as the emotional accelerator. So it was useful in the far distant past, you know, if we were walking through a forest and uh, we met an angry bear, then the amygdala would help us to survive by creating this extreme fear and extreme urgency within us so that we would either fight the bear or we'd run away. Um, and these days we have different kinds of stressors. We have stressors within our relationships or we miss a train that we needed to catch or we have to take a, an exam we're not prepared for. And these situations, even though they're not threatening our life, they still trigger that same ancient existential fear in the brain. Uh, and so those kinds of experiences will come up when we sleep and when we sleep the amygdala has free reign it's not so reined in as it is during the day uh, so so that's why nightmares can be so emotionally intense so that's the one aspect um and the other aspect uh, to do with the soul and and our life's journey and what we learn as we move through life um that's absolutely the case as well in my view i mean i have heard so many spiritual nightmares, and uh, I've had them myself. Uh, I can give you um, an example of, of one woman. This is also um, in the art of transforming nightmares. I think there's a whole chapter on uh, on spiritual nightmares because I find them so fascinating. They can help us to understand why we're here. They can help us to understand what happens when we die. They can help us to put everything in our lives into context. So this one woman. She believed that uh, when we die, there's nothing. It's just, you know, that's it. It's the end of everything. Nothing. No, no more life uh, 
just sort of blackness. And uh, she was terrified of death. She had a nightmare that she was standing on some land and she looked up into a stormy sky and she suddenly saw all these things flying towards her. At first she couldn't figure out what they were and as they got closer she realized that they were winged dragons and she knew instinctively that they were coming to annihilate her and the entire country and the entire planet. And so she knew, wow, you know, within seconds, I'm going to be dead and there's going to be nothing left. And this is my worst fear. There's going to be nothing left. And then one of the dragons flew very close up to her and she noticed the amazing colors on its wings. She was still terrified. And then it opened its mouth and it let out a stream of fire that came towards her. And she had time to notice the incredible colors within the flames, the oranges and yellows and reds. Still terrified, though, and the flames engulfed her. And she knew, okay, it's going to be all over. But when the flames engulfed her, instead of it all being over, she had an incredible experience of luminosity, of oneness. She had the sense of being infinitely connected, infinitely safe, protected, blissful. And she said, you know, it was the most marvelous experience of her life. And she woke up knowing that life does continue after death and feeling connected. And she said this dream, this nightmare, helped her to find her face. So that's an example of, of what can happen spontaneously in a nightmare. They will come to wake us up on some deeper spiritual level. Well spoken. I like that. Well, um, I'd like to get into lucid dreamings, but I have uh, one more question while we're where we are. My uh, sure. when my mother passed away uh, decades mm -hmm. ago, um, it, I really wrestled with it, and it yeah. it took. Uh, I was probably several weeks after, and I'm I'm still bawling my head off, and people from my childhood would call, and I just fall back into such sorrow and oh. I had a dream and my my mother was in the dream and the family was gathered around her and I had my hand on her leg and she picked up my hand and I could feel her waxy skin it felt so so real she picked up my mm -hmm. hand and squoze it and put my hand back down on my leg as to tell me it's time to to move on you've got a mm -hmm. family you've got you got you know you got to get past this and and so my question is um other personas physical and non-physical as far as them showing up in dreams um what's some of the mechanics of that yeah that's a great question and that's a, an amazing dream that you shared and, and it so often happens like this you know Les, that we'll have um we'll have a dream after someone we really love has died and we'll feel their presence in the way that you felt it like my mother is there she's right here i can feel her skin you know um and and this is it's just really really helpful very often for the grief process so there are bereavement dreams um most often the, the cases are positive, but it can also be negative bereavement dreams. And some feel like actual visitations from the actual deceased person, 
whereas others feel more like, you know, a psychological uh, representation of the deceased loved one, uh, sort of made up from memories and, and emotions and feelings and all of that. Um, so I think really that the dreamer will know for sure through the feeling of the dream um, if that was their actual deceased loved one or not. Uh, there have been many people reporting deceased loved ones showing up in a dream with a very strong presence and telling them things about the future and warning them about things. And then the dreamer wakes up with a shock thinking, wow, that was like, you know, proper visitation. My, my father or my mother was really there with me. Uh, I remember one uh, woman said that her deceased father came to her in a dream, pointed at her and shouted, you have breast cancer. And, she, you know, there was nothing. She didn't feel there was anything wrong with her. But in fact, uh, she went to the doctor and discovered that she did indeed have breast cancer. And it was fortunate that she'd been to the doctor when she did, uh, because it was still time, there was still time to, uh, to treat the cancer effectively. So, and there are many, many more examples like this, where deceased loved ones do come with a message, and they know things that we don't know. Um, and, and so, you know, for example, uh, I remember somebody telling me of a dream they had that their their mother came to them. The mother had died three weeks before. She came to her in a dream and said, I'm taking your sister with me. And the dreamer woke up thinking, what, she, what does that mean? My sister's fine. And then her sister died the next day. Wow. You know? Yeah. I mean, things like that, you know, you really, it makes you question what is happening. So... I think it can go it can go both ways. Sometimes I think it is an actual visitation, and other times um, it's just like, oh, you know, there's mum in the crowd, and it's not, you know, maybe it's just a memory of mum, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the way we dream of other people sometimes. So I think it can go both ways. Nice. Well, let's let's shift the topic to lucid dreaming. I just delight. I just giggle. <laughs> <laughs> what because i mean we're such a multi-dimensional soul i mean um here we our ego sits here and has a physical experience in this physical realm and we have this physical perception of quote who we are unquote but you move up into your soul and all the rules all the dynamics just flutter away because our etherical self is not tethered to 3D principles at all. Mm -hmm. And and when we go lucid in our dreaming, the, I see it as kind of a portal to the much bigger, quote, reality, unquote, of who yeah. we are as a persona. Um, it's always nice to kind of establish terms. If people haven't heard the term lucid dreaming before, let's start off with a, a definition of it so they can understand in context what we will be talking about. Sure. So a lucid dream is a dream where you know that you are dreaming. And lucidity is basically just awareness. So when we talk about lucid dreaming, we're talking about a raised level of conscious awareness during the dream state. And it, you know, it raises to the level where you can say, okay, this is a dream. Everything around me is a dream. 
And uh, it's just a wonderful state of consciousness. You know, when we become lucid in a dream, it's uh, a bit like the difference of between watching a black and white movie and then having it suddenly turn into color and everything seems to be imbued with conscious awareness. And we have this total sense of presence of being here and now. Uh, so very, very aware, very present. Uh, and it's beautiful to have that high level of lucidity in a lucid dream. And it can really lead you to um, fantastic experiences. Uh, also the deeper experiences that you've, you've been touching on this, you know, experiences of oneness. Um, so some of my favorite lucid dreams are when I dissolve, I let my dream body dissolve and uh, I float in luminosity. And after a while, even the sense of me being me <laughs> uh, disappears. So it becomes a, a non-dual experience uh, of total interconnected oneness. Um, and those are, are amazing. That's when you you feel like you feel like you understand like you're connected with everything it's like tapping into the source into the deepest part of ourselves and in these states i have realized that we are all made of light we are all made of this light it's the light we came from when we were born and we we return to it when we die but it never leaves us it's always present it's just that most of the time when we're awake we're in our waking ego and we're busy trying to do stuff and we're stressing about this and that, you know, worrying about the future, uh, all of that. And so we don't see it or experience it as much that we can experience it in moments of calm. We can experience it in beautiful nature and we get that, ah, oh, that sense of oneness and interconnection. And we can also experience it in lucid dreams, as I say. So if you become lucid in a dream and you want to invite this deeper experience, then you can simply ask, take me to the light and see what happens for you. <laughs> oh yeah. The, well, the, the light has, <laughs> the, the light has such a, um, a omnipresence field of peace. I mean, there's yeah. such, there's such peace in it and there's no worry or fret. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a garden of Eden without the garden. It's it's I don't know how yeah. to uh, the That's mother's right. the mother's womb or something. There's there's just a yeah. feeling of of completeness of com feeling complete and whole and yeah. and the no no worry or fret. I like that. Now the uh, I mentioned that the. Uh, the etherical or multi-dimensional aspect of our soul one dream i remember um in maybe middle school was the ability to fly i would be in a gymnasium with all the other kids and i could just <laughs> will my body to fly up in the air and i could fly around the gymnasium wow <laughs> and, <Great fun. laughs> and um it, it um, to me it seems like uh, a spreading your wings metaphor. I mean, like uh, mm. transcending the 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 dogma of ignorance or something like that. How do we interpret something that we don't have any real experience with in the physical world? 
Yeah, um, well, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> the question, the question comes. You know, do we need to interpret it? <laughs> you know, we always, we always want to, don't we? We always want to put, uh, put our experiences into neatly labelled little boxes. And <laughs> I, I think dreams are one of those dimensions that show us that we don't always need to do that. You know, it can sometimes simply be the experience. Um, I mean, from People love flying dreams most of the time. They absolutely love them. And they're often uh, a precursor to fully lucid dreams. They're often a sign of higher conscious awareness uh, within the dream. I've noticed that through years of teaching lucid dreaming, that people often report these flying dreams. And then while they're flying, they'll be like, oh, right, of course, I can fly because I'm dreaming. You know, it's like just lucidity is just a thought away (laughs) when you're flying in a dream. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, but if you want to talk about dream interpretation, I can, I can talk about that as well, if you'd like to. Well, let's, uh, let, um, let's stay with lucid just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Sure. How about lucid as solving problems for ourselves? Can we bring, a, a, like maybe there's a fork in the road, we could move out of town or we could stay put, <laughs> we could get married or yeah. not get married. Does lucid dreaming have information for us? Yeah, absolutely. Lucid dreaming does, um, and and so do regular dreams. You can also incubate a dream. That just means ask for a dream. You know, ask the question, should I move out of town, yes or no? Uh, Write the question under your pillow, that sort of thing, and then record your dreams for the next few nights and see what comes up. In a lucid dream, uh, we can simply ask the dream, just ask. Uh, put out a call as soon as we get lucid. Hey, help me. Should I move out of town? Yes or no? And see how the dream responds to that. So it's a very direct way of of doing this. Um, But I remember one lady who incubated a dream about whether she should take a job on the east coast or the west coast of the of the u.s uh, she had a dream that she found herself in front of uh, a university building and it was to be a job in a university and uh, she she looked around wondering you know which way to go and she noticed this beautiful golden pathway going off to the right so she went down the golden pathway to the right and uh, when she woke up she realized oh okay the path to the right okay so i'll go to the east I'll go to the East Coast, and she took the job there, and it turned out to be a fantastic job, the job of her dreams. <laughs> so uh, that's the kind of thing that can happen in dreams. They'll show sort of a sim- symbolic um, image will come up and show us the way to go. And we can really, we can use the problem-solving abilities of dreams in that way, as I just said, with dream incubation, asking questions when we get lucid in dreams, uh, and also working with the dreams that we have, because often dreams will simply come up around a situation quite spontaneously. So if we journal, if we write down our dreams, it's a fantastic thing to do because it gives us this incredibly deep connection with our dreaming mind, and it helps us to tap into our inner wisdom, our inner knowing. You know, dreams will show us, they're like honest mirrors, they will show us how we really feel about a situation, and they also represent or they present us with possible futures. You know, they help us to make decisions by showing us, well, look, this is how it might turn out if you stay with this partner uh, or if you go into business with that person. 
I remember one woman was trying to decide between two men. She'd only been on a couple of dates with each of these two men. And she asked, you know, her dreaming mind, you know, who should, who should I go with? You know, what should I do? And uh, she had a dream where she saw one of the, these men sitting down on the ground looking really kind of slumpy. And he was surrounded by loads of uh, empty beer bottles. And she walked past him and she saw the other guy uh, who was in the clean, fresh, bright space. And she woke up knowing that she wanted to be with the, the guy who would appear second. And in fact, that dream turned out to be a bit precognitive. Precognitive dreams show us the future. Um, because the first guy did turn out to have an alcohol problem, but she had been completely unaware of this since she hadn't known him very well at, at the time of the dream. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing that we can do with our dreams. We can ask them questions and receive answers, which is a wonderful thing. It, if we if we allow dreams to, to be our guides, they can really light our path through life, and that's a gift. I like that. Well, um, it sounds like what you're doing um, is viewing possible timelines. I mean, um, mm -hmm. our, we're not anchored to a timeline. Our free will gives us this this flexibility throughout all the time, really. So that kind of brings us to the notion of of deja vu, where um, during the day we feel like we've had this experience verbatim, and it and it seems like it, it, the second time we're going through it, but to our yeah. physical body, perhaps it's the first time. How does how does deja vu fold into dreams? Yeah, great question. Well, I often think of it as being déjà rêvé, already dreamed, you know, um, because I think in our dreams, as I say, we rehearse possible futures. Uh, and I think often, you know, I've had this so often, this feeling of déjà vu during the day. And, and then I'll think, wow, maybe I did actually dream that. And I can go back to my dream journal and then I will find a little snippet of a dream. It doesn't have to be a big dream, just a little snippet. And I think, wow, <laughs> I actually dreamed that. So it's almost as if, you know, things happen in the dream world before they, right. <laughs> before they manifest in the waking world, uh, which, is, which is wonderful. Another reason why it is so fun and so illuminating to keep a dream journal. You notice all these little... Uh, the way that dreams and waking reality are so intermeshed, far more intermeshed than most of us realize. And then all these synchronicities will pop up in our lives. And um, it's, it's wonderful. It's like a, a confirmation of being on the right path when we begin to notice these connections between our inner and outer worlds. Because we're not just outer world people. You know, we're not just the waking state. Uh, I mean, we're so much deeper than that. Our potential is so deep and so rich and entering into contact with our dreaming mind and becoming more lucid in dreams and in life, those things will help us to connect with this deeper resource that we all have within us. Deeper resource that we all have within us. I, that, <laughs> that sentence mm -hmm. right there is... is um, a uh, very exciting aspect. Um, yeah. Now, time can fly by when you're having fun or when you're dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, Claire, you've written quite a few books. You've even um, um, based uh, 
a report with your PhD on on dreaming. Can now now's the time to showcase you, your services, your books, ways uh, the listening audience can engage you. Take the time that you need. Tell us about your books, your services, your website. Let us know who you are. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Les. Okay, so, um, so my website is deeplucidreaming.com, and on there there's loads of information about many aspects of lucid dreaming because I have a blog on there as well. Uh, I also run workshops. Okay, they've been mainly online for the past year or so for obvious reasons, um, but I, I also lead um, ocean retreats and I'm going to hopefully be able to start those up again. And those are all about lucid dreaming, and we dive into it in small groups. So I offer things like that. Uh, and I also have audio and video courses uh, on, like, with guided lucid dream meditations to help you directly enter a lucid dream from a state of deep relaxation. Uh, all that can be found on deeplucidreaming.com. And my other books uh, are also focused on lucid dreaming. There's Llewellyn's Complete Book of Lucid Dreaming. This is a massive book. It's the size of three regular books. and <laughs> It has like 20 years of my life's work in there. Uh, and uh, The Art of Lucid Dreaming is kind of the twin book to The Art of Transforming Nightmares. Both of these books are unique in the sense that they have quizzes. So there's a, a nightmare quiz with nightmare solution programs and loads of practices in the nightmare book. And The Art of Lucid Dreaming has a lucidity quiz. And the reason I did that is because I get so many people writing to me, asking me, why can't I get lucid in my dreams? And then as they continue to write to me, it turns out they're a really deep sleeper. And I think, well, easy answer, you know, don't try and get lucid during the night. If you're just sleeping so deeply, try it during an afternoon nap or do this and that. And there are so many ways of directing people to the right practices. So I created the, the quizzes to fast track you to the best practical techniques for you. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. So, um, but I wish that, you know, my hope is that people will connect with their dreams, keep a dream journal and, and tap into the wisdom. Because as I say, you know, it connects us with the deepest part of ourselves. Beautiful. Well said. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, Thank you. Although I'd love to go into the symbolism of dreaming. I, we just don't have time. You, you're <laughs> such a deep, uh, informed um, guest on our show. We'll, oh, we'll have you. to have you back and, and break more of this down. Um, I, I really like how you, uh, you, I mean, you're so fully immersed in this. Of course, it's it's a <laughs> big aspect of your life work. But um, yeah. so we've we've presented so much information, and sometimes nuggets get lost in paragraphs. And um, what are just one or two things that you notice people missing about dreams? I mean, working with clients, um, mm. what are some of the the more obvious things um, about dreaming that some people find not so obvious? Just a few bullet points. Yeah, I think, uh, well, many people 
for example, today one woman wrote to me about this snake that had been chasing her and chasing her in her dream, and, at the, and she kept running away. She was very scared, and at the end she heard a voice saying, he died of thirst. And she wrote to me asking what on earth this dream could mean. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it's really good to, to do this lucid dream play while awake to unpack these dreams. That snake could, I mean, it's a symbol of transformation. It's also a symbol of healing. Uh, it must have something to tell her quite urgently. And then the poor snake dies of thirst, you know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's time to face the snake, you know. Right. <laughs> it's time to release fear and, and ask the snake, you know, why, why are you following me? Uh, do you have a message for me uh, and that snake could become a power animal uh, a really powerful resource um, and a source of wisdom for this dreamer so it's like I think we miss out on this so much we ignore our dreams and don't pay attention to them there's this whole other world there and so I guess that's a the most important message that I have is that, you know, dreams matter <laughs> and they can really help us in our life. So, hey, let's embrace them. Let's go into this. It's so exciting and there is so much to discover. Beautiful. Well, Claire, we're pretty much out of time. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. This has been a really delightful conversation. Thank you. Yeah, it has been. Thank you so much, Les. Thank you for sharing about yourself and your life as well. I appreciate that. My Very interesting. My pleasure. We've been talking with Dr. Claire Johnson, and the topic tonight is The Art of Transforming Nightmares. Harness the creative and healing power of bad dreams, sleep paralysis, and recurring nightmares. Wow. What a fun conversation. What a kick. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Obviously, Claire has the experience, has the rapport with dreaming that uh, I just love the value that she brought to the table to, to help us understand the gift, the value, the purpose behind what we might deem undesirable, like a nightmare or bad dreams, how they're actually a way for us to signal to ourselves ways that we're becoming more incongruent, actually. We're, the, the nightmare's a flag saying, wait a minute, you haven't totally processed this aspect of your past. If you, if you keep going, you're gonna, you won't be as congruent with your potential. You won't be in harmony with your essence, so to speak. That was so much fun. I want to thank you, the listener, for spending this time with us tonight. We've had so many wonderful guests on the show over the years. I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. It's my pleasure, it's my passion to bring you episodes that help you, to help you get a, a bigger sense of self, to put more tools in your toolbox, to empower you to show up for yourself in more and more powerful ways. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.